praise for that. Oh, yeah. You make me pray. You make me pray. You call me out beyond the shore to the waves. You make me pray. You make me pray. No fear can hinder now the love that
you ask the Lord today? Say, because we need a fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven. Sing it. Pour your spirit out, a holy anointing, the power of your presence. Pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out, pour your spirit Good morning, my family. Pour your spirit out. You feel the spirit of the Lord in this place, amen? 
Amen. We need a fresh wind. It says a holy anointing. Pour your spirit out. Amen. Church, we want to welcome you to the house of God in this church. My name is Michael Romero, your New Beginnings uh, Church worship and arts uh, pastor here. And it is my joy and honor to be with you this morning. Church, um, before we turn over the platform, you know, we, we, we try to catch you up on what's going on in case you guys have not been able to open our awesome New Beginnings Church app. Or maybe you haven't traveled the web in, in a few days and figured out what's going on. But hey, church, can we celebrate NB Kids and their volunteer team? You guys walked into an amazing setup that is, dare I say, out of this world. No? All right. So, church, we want to celebrate what the church, what the Lord is doing in our kids program. Today kicks off Vacation Bible School. Amen. We can celebrate that because our volunteers are jazzed up and they're so happy. We're all super excited to be a part of it. Church, I want to remind you that if you have not yet had a chance to invite or maybe set some time aside to make sure you bring your, your, your kids or your nieces and nephews or maybe those kids that they've entrusted you with, right? Maybe the neighbor's kids that you, that you love, that you endear so much. Hey, come alongside with us. It's for preschool all the way through fifth grade, and we want to make sure that you guys are a part of this. And I mentioned this last service because I know it's a great, look, if you're having one of those or days, how many of us have ever had an or day where it's just like, I just need somewhere where you just feel like, I just feel like, it's one of those days. I'm telling you, when you walk into this place, as gone, immediately, number one, we're going to put you to work. No time for Eeyores around here, all right? George, I love it. Just kidding. But, however, man, when you walk in and you hear the laughter and you feel the joy, number one, the joy of the Lord, but the joy in those kids and what's going on, and when you hear them just saying things like, God loves me, repeating the opposite of what the world is telling them. Church, it is life-changing, not just for them, but for you to remind you that what you're doing and the change that you're taking, being a part of. Amen? So I invite you to be a part of it. It starts tonight, and we ask that if you're going to be a part of it, that you would be here by 6 p.m. And if you're, if you're a volunteer, maybe you have your kids, bring them in at 6 p.m. That's fine. We start registration. starts early at 6 p.m. Everything is set to kick off and take off. If you get my joke. No, man, nobody's. Man, man, you guys don't appreciate good stuff, man. I worked on this all weekend. It, everything is set to, to start and begin at 6.30 and 8.45 is going to be closing time. So we want to make sure that you guys are here. Man, if you want to be a part of it, I invite you, please. Like I said, grab every kid you can. Well, if, if you know them. All right? Those kids that you love so much that are in your life, make sure they're a part of this because it's just going to be an amazing time. 6 o'clock. Yes, sir. I said 6 o'clock. It starts at, no, I want you to show up at 6. Everything's going to begin at 6.30. So church... Uh, one more thing I want you to be a part of, church. We had mentioned it um, uh, on Wednesday night, but if, if you weren't here, I want to invite you to an awesome event. Uh, on August the 5th, under his construction, is going to be holding their annual uh, fundraising event here at New Beginnings. And if you're not familiar with who under his construction is, they're a partner ministry uh, of New Beginnings Church. They attend here, and they're just, the way they just are transforming lives, number one, but also helping our community in, in mostly. And church, they're going to have their fundraiser here at New Beginnings Church on August the 5th. 
and they're going to be hosting it with a stand-up comedian coming across from on the other side of the country. And I want you guys to just check this out for a quick second. Let me let you know what's kind of what you're in store, what's in store for us, rather. I've been married for a while. I said, man, when you get married, you never get to do anything you want to do ever again. I've been married 14 years. That's not true. I do whatever I want to do. It's just now I have to ask my wife what it is I want to do. <laughs> Vacuum? Okay. Good thing I asked. Could have sworn I wanted to play golf today. Would look like a moron doing this out there. <laughs> Worst five words any husband will ever hear. Worst five words. Do you notice anything different? I've been married 14 years. I have yet to get that right. I started going through the list. Is it your hair? Um, your nails? Did we have another child? Here we go. Church, I invite you, why don't you give it up for Ken Kington. He's going to be the featured speaker that night. Not only he's a, he's a strong follower of Christ, he's obviously a funny guy, and all the married people said amen, right? But also his testimony is just super powerful. He's going to share a little bit about that. We're going to learn a lot more about Ken Kington. You're going to be able to help in the way that you know how to, because I know New Beginnings knows how to do this. Church, they need your support. UHC needs your support. This city needs your support. So if you can't make it, tickets are for sale out there in the mall. If you're not going to be able to make it, then I invite you to buy maybe a ticket or two if you can and give it to somebody who may need that word. Or you can just make a cash donation and help them in any way that you can. Amen, church? And so we thank you for the impact that you're making, church. Not only in the, 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 the young lives, we're talking about VBS, but all the way through, all the way from the beginning and from the beginning of life all the way to the end, church, you and I are making a difference. And we thank you for that, for your obedience and the tithe. We thank you so much for that. If you have not been able to set up your e-giving, now would be a great time to do it. And the ways to do that are behind me, whether it's text messaging or whether it's online or through our app. Or maybe you just like giving with an envelope, and that's okay. The ways to do that are also at the entryways of, uh, at the doorways, rather, of this sanctuary. And for that, we say thank you so much, church, for your faithfulness and always going over and above the tithe. Church, you and I are making a difference. We don't only talk about it, but church, I want, we want to introduce you to some awesome friends of ours that we've been telling you guys about. You guys know them a little bit, but I want to introduce you first with the video, then you'll get to meet them in person. Enjoy this. Turn your attention to the screen, please. It's only in hindsight that we realize how perfectly God has been shaping us for his mission. And so it has been for Alejandro and Carmen de Francisco. Alejandro was born in Cuba, growing up as an atheist under the communist regime. Carmen, born into a devout Jehovah's Witness family, grew up as a Sandinista in Nicaragua. Their paths crossed in the 1980s while studying in the Soviet Union. Immigrating to the United States in 1991, they both experienced the life-changing power of the Holy Spirit at a tiny Hispanic church in Miami, Florida. Alejandro and Carmen will tell you 
My faith in Christ has changed who I am in so many ways. In my marriage, my family, my dreams, I was accepted into his kingdom and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I am a child of God, serving him with all my life. In 2001, God called them to leave everything behind to plant a Hispanic church in Tampa. And so Alejandro and Carmen stepped out in faith into what has now been 15 years of planting Hispanic churches throughout Florida. Now, they are headed to Spain. Together with the Three Worlds team, they have a vision to plant a network of healthy, self-replicating congregations across the country, beginning with a church plant on the south side of Madrid. Along the way, they will be raising up and training church leaders as well as serving across the region as consultants for healthy church plants. Alejandro and Carmen have been uniquely shaped for ministry in Spain, and today they are connecting their passion with the Ministry of Global Strategy and the work of the Three Worlds team in Europe and the Middle East. Praise the Lord. And with our tithe... They're missionaries that we support, and they've been doing an amazing job. Youth, stay here just for 10 more minutes. I want you to hear their story, and then we'll dismiss the youth. But would you welcome Alejandro and Carmen de Francisco? I met them in 1982. They had just come to Christ. And I was preaching in Hialeah, Florida, which is a suburb of Miami. And uh, they met me, and I got to meet them, and they had just come to Christ, and they were wired and fired up for Jesus. And now they've been rewired and refired up for Jesus. Uh, they're amazing. Uh, Alejandro's a phenomenal musician, and they have a musical family. But uh, they'll tell you a whole lot more. God bless you, hermano. Why don't you share with us what God is doing what he's been doing and what he's doing and what he's going to be doing in your lives. Thank you, Pastor. It's an honor for us to be here. Um, so let's talk a little about our ministry, what is happening in our lives. Um, like you saw in the video, we were called in 2001 to be church planters. Uh, we moved from Miami, the city of Miami, to Tampa, um, in Florida with our four children to start a movement of church planting in Florida. Uh, by the grace of God, God gave us the opportunity to start 10 new congregations in the state of Florida in 15 years. Our children, they were our uh, planting team, you know, planting crew. So we get to one city, uh, we start to meet people, uh, knocking doors and see who can be interested to come to our uh, church. And they were doing everything. They were doing the worship, the youth, the children. <laughs> they were just amazing. Um, so we were doing this for 15 years um, because sometimes when you have children, these children, they get married. And sometimes happens that then you become grandparents. And that was our case we uh, have now eight grandchildren, beautiful children, yes, um, and they are all in Florida. So if you want to meet them, you have to go there <laughs> and meet them. 
Yeah. When they are so beautiful, we have a beautiful family. God bless us. Uh, amazing. And one, one, uh, when we plant in 2016 our last church, we thought that was our last church in Florida. So we were then planning to be grandparents. Grandparents, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you take your grandchildren your grandchildren to the school and you spend the time with them and you play with them. So that was our plan in our life. But then God put a new call in our life. We learned that when we say yes to the Lord, every time that we say yes, God expands our vision, right? So we are in one place and then you say yes and then God <laughs> starts to grow the vision. Uh, so we say yes for one church in Tampa. Then he took us to 10 different cities in, in Florida. We say yes. And then because we say yes, then he say, okay, now it's time to go to Spain to start the church of God in Spain because we didn't have any church of God congregation in this country. So it's not the same, you know. It's just going to a different continent, passing the, all the Atlantic Ocean, and going there without your family. Because we ask our children, who going to go with us to Spain? Yay! Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. So, uh, yeah, they are American cities. They live here. They have their own families, their own jobs. You know how this goes. So, I say, well, okay. It's time for us to go. But I got this call from God first, and then I asked God, God, how can I tell my wife that she has to leave our children and grandchildren in this side of the world? Have we learned to say yes to the Lord? We say yes, but I came to my knee to uh, pray and say, God, I open my heart because I say, God, I feel old. I feel um, I am tired. Um, I am old to start again from zero in one country that we don't know the nobody. So, but we say yes, and then uh, God took us to the um, one place, the worship um, um, convention, and. Um, preacher start to talk about um, palm tree how God see us like a palm tree so he g he gave some points and the last point he say I remember the palm tree give give the sweetest fruit after 50 years old so that was I feel that that was God answer to me I say okay God I understand now. I, anyways, I go, but now I go with all my joy, and I know um, the 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 ch challenge for me. What, how my husband say to leave my family, but God promised after promise that He is going to take care of our kids, and I believe, I believe because. He is a faithful God. Amen. So God helped me to talk to her. 
about Spain, can say, remember, you're going to give your sweetest fruits after 50 years old. Yes. So, um, yeah, in 2018, then we moved to, from United States to Spain. We started our first Church of God congregation in the south of Madrid. The, we start with the one family. We were five, four or five uh, people in the room. Um, there, we the Holy Spirit start work in our community, and now we have sixty or more people every Sunday. Praise God! Praying God. Yeah, uh, I want to mention something. Um, when we came to to the Lord, when we received Christ, uh, our marriage was falling apart. You know, we were just deciding to to separate, to get divorced, but Jesus came in the right time to rebuild, to heal our relationship. And for his glory, now we have, we have been married for 35 years. Yes. And why I am mentioning this? Because sometimes God put you in, you know, in different, um, in different situations that when he healed you, then you are a testimony, a life testimony, living testimony to others. And when we, the first family that we received in our church, when we start our first meeting, we, we were five people. Two plus they were three. And they had the same, exactly the same situation that we had when we became to Christ. So we were able to testify to them, you know, we were there. We know how you feel. So let's give God an opportunity to fix everything. And he did. He did it. So um, that, that, this is something that I want to mention. If you, are, um, if you are in the middle of a very hard situation in your life, God gave you the victory already. Amen. And this victory is going to be a testimony for others in, that you're going to meet in, the, in your life. So keep going, you know, don't give up. So uh, we start the, the first, yeah. we start the first church uh, three years ago. At the end of uh, 2019, we are now celebrating this year the fourth anniversary. And we are ready now to expand again our, yes, <laughs> our vision. So, um, now when we get back to the States, we are planning to start a new second congregation in the north side of Madrid for, you know, for, for this time, it's the, it's the right time to start there, the second congregation. Our vision in Spain is not limited to Madrid, which is the capital, but uh, we are, have been visiting other cities that we have the vision to start new congregations, starting a network of healthy churches that they can be multiplied by themselves. Uh, we have been visiting other cities like Barcelona, Bilbao, um, Almeria, Valencia, Valencia Bilba, um, I Almeria, you say? <laughs> yeah. yeah, different cities, yeah. Um, 
Uh, Zaragoza. I don't know if you are familiar with Zaragoza. Zaragoza is only three hours driving from Madrid. Um, Barcelona is six hours driving from Madrid. So because Madrid is right in the center of Spain, you can reach any city uh, maximum six hours driving, which is amazing. So we are able to build a network of churches in Madrid. So thank you for your support because you have been a very important support for us. So we can encourage that you continue to do that as we develop this uh, beautiful network of churches that God has been calling us to build in Spain. Uh, I just want to finish sharing a very important testimony for us. Is that when we were doing our fundraising before that we went to Spain, um, we, you know, when you do fundraising for missions, you have some milestones in, in fundraising. So in certain time, you have to have enough money in your account to keep going in your fundraising. So we were in one situation that we already were in the deadline of certain amount of money. And exactly this day, we got a call from Pastor Richard. And he said, hey, uh, we have been praying. Uh, we're going to start to support you in your mission. So that was a very, yeah. And from then, your church has been faithful, supporting us month by month. Thank you very much. Thank uh, you, church. You, Thank you. Yeah, for, we want, we want to say, to yeah, you, you, we want to say that you are a big part of what is happening in Spain. So thank you very much. Praise the Lord. Alejandro y Carmen, de veras mil gracias por todo lo que están haciendo. Thank you for the great work you're doing. Lord, they walked away from their family to establish a new family in Spain. They have over 60 people that are coming in a very hard country to evangelize very, very rooted in deep uh, just religions there that are some very anti-God. And yet, Lord God, they've had great success and they're going to be planting another church soon up north of Spain. And I pray, Lord, anointing, blessing, encouragement, strength, excitement. Father, I pray that you use their gifts and talents and their passion for you and even their love and passion for each other to encourage families and marriages and homes how to be able to become a strong family in the Lord. Father, I pray favor. I pray that you give them a gift of gathering, that no matter where they go, they could gather a great audience to be able to plant these churches. Father, we thank you, Lord, and they're gonna, you'll be traveling here in the United States a few more weeks. I pray as they go to Washington State that you protect them. And then, Lord, they got to cross all the way back from Washington, all the way back to Indiana. And I pray, Lord, continue blessing. And, Lord, that their funds would continue to increase and that we would continue to be faithful to them as they are to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you, hermanitos. God bless you guys. Youth, you could be dismissed at this time, and we thank God for you guys. You guys are...
quite amazing. We just love those kids. And, uh, and right before I get started, I want you to pray over this room right now. Because starting tonight, we're going to have a few hundred kids here, um, close to 200, that are be taught to worship, taught to learn about the Lord and celebrate God. So let's pray in the spirit of God for the, the overflow of this, overflow for all week. Amen. So God, we pray for uh, Minister Jessica Ramirez and all of her team and every volunteer and every parent that's going to be bringing their children. God, we pray for these kids that they come with fertile heart to receive the seed that's going to be planted in their heart, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God, place an anointing over this whole building and property that parents are going to be driving on Montgomery and feel like turning in, and they're going to go, something drew me in, and we're going to know it's you. So we pray for young people to get saved and filled with your spirit. We pray in Christ's glorious name, amen. Hey, I am a, yeah, God, God is so wonderful. Guys, I'm, I've been doing this series called Building the Family with Purpose. And purpose is really something that we have to have because without purpose, you're kind of floating. You're kind of just going through life and not really knowing where you're going, how you're going to get there. And, and, and you feel a lot of confusion and wondering, why am I even here? And in God's world, he gave us, he said it's not good that man be alone, and he said it's good to have relationships, not just romantic relationship, but also just do life with people. And sometimes relationships can be amazing, and sometimes they can be really hard. And so I want to share with you how to safeguard your relationships, how to be able to put a a protection around them, and how to come to understand which ones you need to hold on to and which ones you need to get rid of. Because there are some relationships that you have that might be going through a difficult time, but God wants to strengthen it. And then there's some relationships that you have that God wants you to end and say, get out of it. And so we've got to understand what the scriptures say. In the book of Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, he says, walk with the wise and become wise. But associate with fools and get in trouble. Boy, have we found that to be true, haven't we? At least I have. Okay, you guys are like, not me, Pastor. But, um, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, it says, Don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. So, Lord, I pray you help us really hear your voice on the relationships we need to hold on to and the ones we need to repair and then the ones we need to walk away from. And I pray in Christ's name, amen. You see, we need to learn how to identify an unhealthy relationship, something that's not safe. And when I mean safe, I mean even physically safe that you're, you're not in, in any peril, but a relationship that's going to be safe for your spirit, body, mind, and soul, that you really have a good relationship because Here's some symptoms of some unsafe, unhealthy relationships. When you're the only one giving and caring, when you're doing all of the giving and caring, there's some relationships where you're pouring, 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 pouring out, giving, 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 caring, 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 and they don't care and they don't pour anything into you except more headaches. You really got to realize that's not a good relationship. 
or when others don't respect the boundaries that you clearly set. Look, all of us have boundaries, and, and we set those boundaries, and sometimes people don't respect those boundaries. They don't care. You go, hey, hey, hey. No, no, I don't care. Who are you to tell me what? And it's like, man, if they're trampling all over your boundaries, you need to ask yourself, is this a relationship that's healthy? Also, when you're consistently compromising your values when you're with them. There's sometimes when you're with certain people that, man, you feel enhanced and you feel blessed and you feel like, really, you're doing great. And there's other people that you hang out with, and before you know it, you're compromising what you believe and what you want to stand for. You're like, what's wrong with me, man? Oh, why am I giving in to these guys? I'm not even supposed to be doing this. I don't want to do this. Yet, you find yourself doing stuff you shouldn't be doing. Or how about when you realize that the goals of your relationships are completely different? Your goal is to do this, and they're going off in some tangent that you're like, man, we don't even have the same goals for our friendship. We don't have the same goals for our relationship. Here I'm falling in love with you, and you say you're falling in love with me, and I'm committed to you, and I'm totally committed. Nobody else in my life, and you're committed to me on Monday, Tuesday, and Friday, but on Thursday, uh, Saturday, and Sunday, you're with somebody else. It's like, man, this is, this is not healthy. This is not normal. And how about when you become threatened or abused? Some of you have been threatened by people that you're in a relationship with, not just romantic, I mean talking even friends, or you've been abused and you're treated in a way, you're treated, treated in a really horrible way. So you've got to decide, okay, what am I going to do? And I want to help you learn how to safeguard your relationships and really be able to strengthen them. And the very first thing you need to do is deal with mistreatment early. When you're being tr mistreated, deal with it right away. Because if someone mistreats you, if someone badmouths you or someone embarrasses you in public and really treats you horrible or if they do something and you don't call them on it, they think it's okay. Your silence is still a voice. It's saying, that's okay with me. You can treat me however you want. No. Deal with stuff right away. Now, don't get all nitpicky. Have, have tough skin. Sometimes we say something dumb just goofing around, but I'm not saying that. I'm saying when they're just constantly chipping away at you, man, you need to tell each other how you really feel. You need to say, I'm sorry. You know what? I love you. I care about you. We're best friends. Or Ben, you're my, you're, you're my husband. You're my wife. Or we're engaged. And you know what? I, I really don't like being treated like that. I hate it when you do this. I really appreciate if you wouldn't do this. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul addresses this in, in chapter 4, verse 25 through 27. And he says, stop telling lies. And what he means by that is sometimes we straight out lie and other times we just say, oh, that's okay. But that's a lie. It wasn't okay. It says, let us tell our neighbors the truth for we are all part of the same body. And then he goes on to say, and don't sin by letting anger control you. So sometimes you bottle it up, bottle it up, and then you explode, and then you're like, why did I do that? He says, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. In other words, deal with it quickly. And then he says, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. 
And you know that to be so true. When you get out of control and it's out of control, the devil gets his foot in there and starts tearing things apart. Alejandro just said it, man. They were about to get divorced. And man, God healed the wounds. And now they're healing the wounds. And we've got to make sure we understand that. We've got to make sure we understand that being mistreated is not acceptable. And so you've got to set the boundaries in, but declare to people what you expect. Say, hey, look, if we're going to be friends, I really expect this. If we're going to be dating, this is what I expect. If we're going to getting, be getting married, this is what I expect. Now that we're married, this is what I expect. And to really be able to, to do this together. And the second thing we have to do is realize that you might be the problem. Realize that you might be the problem. I've said this before, but if Johnny has a problem with Susie and Johnny has a problem with Mary and Johnny has a problem with Tom and Johnny has a problem with Bill, maybe Johnny's a problem. And Johnny's all saying, I don't know why everyone's always all mad at me. And I was like, well, 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 examine yourself, dude. You got 20 people that you ticked off. I always say that some people have the spoon ministry. They show up someplace, they get their spoon out, they stir things all up, and then they go, "Ah, my job is done. And everyone's all, ah, man, what happened here? Well, you stir everything up. Man, why do you do that? Maybe you're the problem. You've got to take a deep look. Instead of being critical on them, you need to take a look at yourself. You remember what the scripture says in Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 3 to 5? He says, and why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? Now, it's saying, in other words, relative. A speck is a tiny little thing, and you got a log in your own. Can you imagine showing up to some guy, and you got a log in your eye? Hey, man, how's it going? Hey, you got a little problem there. It's like, you look at your eye, dude. you got a log hanging out of your eye. And we don't see our own problem. So what's the next verse say? And why, he goes, and how can you think of saying to your friend? Why are you even going to think of saying to your friend? Let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye. When you can't see past the log in your own. Then he says, hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. And sometimes when we finally get the log out of our own eye, because we finally realize we had a problem, guess what? You realize that the speck is so tiny, it's not even worth addressing. Because sometimes people are nitpicking about everything. God isn't saying to nitpick about everything. Have tough skin. Let it roll off. Sometimes people joke around and they cross the line and they go, ah, that kind of hurt. But don't end a friendship over that. Just say, hey, dude, next time, man, you really beat me up with that one. Just address them. But don't say, oop, you said that, oop, you said that. No, don't get all critical like that either. They say have tough skin. Don't let everything hurt you, but have a tender heart. Because you know what we usually do? Have very tender skin. Everything hurts us. And then we have a hardened heart. And we get all bitter and we get just go through life all angry and, and just, just frustrated. And I'm bringing in the third point, that if we're really going to try to safeguard our relationships, only end a relationship as a last resort. If you have to end a relationship, then do it. But let it be the last resort. Some people break off friendships just all because they're a bunch of crybabies. Oh, I can't believe they said that. 
I had my popcorn and they ate my last bag of popcorn. It's like, oh my gosh, calm down, man. Some people get divorced, incompatible differences. You know what, man? The reason you fell in love is because you were different. Oh, man, gosh, she's so different from you. I know I love it. He's so different from you. I love it. I hate it. You're so different from me. I thought I could change you. You can't change anybody. The only thing you could change in an adult is their diaper. That's it. You cannot change anyone. Come on, let's be honest. If we could change someone, wouldn't you change them? You would go, be happy or be nice. or you know, it, it doesn't happen. So don't walk around realizing that, you know what? I don't have to end this relationship, but I might have to. So look, here's some relationships that you might consider ending, okay? First one, if your friendship is preventing you from moving forward in life. Look, every one of us has dreams and goals. And sometimes you share your dreams and goals with a good buddy, a friend, or your husband or your wife, or, or person you're engaged to and you're, you're dating, and you share your goal, and they go, oh, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I don't know why you want to go to college. I don't know why you want to go to school. Well, man, I want to advance, man. If I, if I, get, if I finish my degree, man, I'll get a huge promotion. Oh, 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 what are you, just an apple polisher? They really say other ways, but I don't want to say that at the pulpit. But are you with me? You're like, oh, what's wrong with you? Be encouraging to me. Cheer me on. I just finished reading in Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. They don't have to share the same goals you have. Then you need to really look. Man, this person's keeping me from moving forward. Is this a relationship I really want to have? In Paul, Paul in the Romans of, of, I mean, the book of Romans, the apostle Paul in chapter 6 writes this in verse 19. Because of the weakness of your human nature, he says, I'm using this illustration of slavery to help you understand all of this. He says, previously, you let uh, yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. He goes, but now you must give yourselves to, the, to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. So he's trying to relate to him. You've been a slave to sin. You've been so messed up in your decisions and in your life. You've been a slave to that. Why don't you become a slave now to the things of God? Become a slave to the things of holiness. Become a slave to the things of righteousness because it'll really bless your life. So you got to consider, is this friendship keeping me from moving forward? Second relationship you might want to consider ending is if this person has wronged you in a way that has completely broken your trust, your spirit, and has shown a pattern of lying to you. So if someone really broke trust and they're constantly lying and lying and lying and lying and lying, and you confront them on it and they lie again, you're like, ooh, Kela. I caught you with your hand in the cookie jar. That's not my hand. I just had my hand here, the cookie jar moved over. I don't know why it did that. I didn't go for the cookie, the cookie came after me. It's like, come on, man, grow 
up and be real. It's amazing. It says, if someone's wronged you to the point that they've broken trust and they lie to you constantly, you got to ask yourself, do I really want to be in a friendship like this? Do I want to be in a relationship like this? In the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 14 and 15, it says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. So he's saying, you know what? When someone's constantly lying and lying and lying and lying and lying, it's like, man, how can I forgive you when you're constantly lying? God doesn't even forgive us because he says he forgives at our level. We set the standard. What does the Lord's Prayer say? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Can you imagine what you're really saying? Lord, forgive me how I forgive. Oh, man. So are you forgiven, hijo? <laughs> That's something you got to really examine. In the book of Proverbs chapter 14, verse 7, it says, Stay away from fools, for you won't find knowledge on their lips. Isn't that the truth? So you got to ask yourself, is this a relationship I really want to keep? They're constantly lying and breaking trust. How about this one? If your friendship is with someone of the opposite sex and one of you wants something more than the other person does. So you got to ask yourself, okay, I'm in a friendship. There's, there's nothing wrong with having a friend of the opposite sex, but you better put clear boundaries. So if, if you have a, a relationship with an older man or an older woman, it says in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, we'll never speak harshly to an older man but appeal to him respectfully as you would your own father. So say, okay, man, I, I, I'm, I have a relationship with this older man, and I, I'm going to treat him like if he's my father and I'm his son or daughter. And, and, and it says, talk to your younger men as you would your own brothers. So, man, I have a friendship with a younger man, and I'm young and he's young, and I better remember He's my brother because I'm not going to have a relationship with my brother. Or treat older women as you would your mother. So, man, I have a relationship with this older woman, and um, I, I, I got I to set the boundary. I can't let her be a cougar, and I can't be her prey. <laughs> Some of you ladies are going, wow. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, help them. Cool it, ladies. <laughs> but it says, treat an older woman as she's your mother. And treat younger women with all purity as if she's your own sister. So you can have a friendship, but if it's starting to get, oh, Lord, okay, this is getting weird. I got to end this friendship. Or how about this one? If your friendship is bringing unnecessary temptation in your life. And I'm not even talking now about an unhealthy relationship with a man or a woman. I'm talking now that you hang out with this person. Every time I'm with this person, I feel like shoplifting. Oh, my gosh. Every time I'm with this person, we're gossiping. We're gossiping and just bad-mouthing everybody. And every time I'm with this person, I, I, I feel like doing drugs. 
And every time I'm with this person, I feel like drinking. And every time I'm with this person, and every time I'm with this person, fill in the blank. And if you're being tempted every time you're with that person, you need to ask yourself, do I need to be hanging out with this person? Because this person and this relationship is not healthy for you. Look, I know a family that this family's a really Christian family, and they weren't always a Christian family, but now that they became a Christian family, they've set boundaries. Now, this dude's brother, he's really wild, and he goes, dude, you're my brother, and I love you, and I want my sons and, and, and to, to know their uncle, but not like that. So they hardly ever hang out because the brother is such a horrible influence and the uncle is such a horrible influence, he doesn't want his sons learning that lifestyle. And that was a hard decision he had to make, but he made it because he had to protect his boys. Listen to me. The Bible says in Matthew 5.30 that if your hand, even your strong hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. That says it is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown into hell. Man, that's heavy duty. I was with some guys yesterday and I, 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 and, and I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, and I'm proud of it. And I know you, some of you are, some of you aren't. I'm not here to talk about football, but, but yesterday I was, and I told this dude, because he had a Raider cap on. And I go, orale, you're a Raiders fan? I go, don't you know the Bible says to cheer for the Cowboys? And he goes, how do you figure that? I go, the Bible says the wise men followed the star. And, and he goes, Oh, that's pretty good, Pastor. That's pretty good. But then he told me, but look, see my raider? He has a patch over his eye. You know why? The Bible says if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. And he plucked it out. And I go, okay, that was pretty good, man. So all you raider fans can walk away going, what are they? What you learn in the church today? About the raiders. No, you're learning about some relationships that you have to pluck out. You have to get rid of. And it brings me to the last thing. If we're really going to safeguard our relationships, if you've got to end a relationship, because sometimes you really have to end it, do it with brokenness and grace. It ought to hurt you, not... <laughs> Man, let me tell you something. I really believe with all my heart, and I sincerely mean this, that the internet and social media and all that was created by God to use it to spread the gospel. Right now as I'm preaching, there's people on the other side of the world watching online. There's people on YouTube, we're on Facebook, we're on uh, internet, we're on, we, we got a bunch of platforms that we're on. And people watch. And there's people from all over the world that watch. Now look, that's awesome. But there's people that use the internet and all this social media. Ah, my, my, my man and I broke up and she's a jerk and she's a pig and I hate her guts. And I was like, come on, quit taking your garbage to the streets. Snapchat and Instagram and, and, and you're all TikTok and TikTok out and you're like, and, and, and oh my gosh, calm down already. Walk away. If you have to walk away, walk away, but with brokenness. Wow, what a drag. You know what? I love that guy. I love that woman. 
Man, the, she, that guy, man, we've been friends for 30 years. We've been friends for 40 years. Man, that hurt me. But don't badmouth him and trash him. Man, the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 31 through uh, the first part of, of Ephesians 5, 1, it says, get rid of all bitterness, of rage, of anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Then he goes on to say, in, in the very next verse, instead, be kind to each other. When you see the word instead, God is giving you the solution for the problem. So instead of being a real mean jerk, instead be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. And then he says, this is how you do this in verse one of chapter five. He says, imitate God. What did God do? While we were still sinners, he forgave us. What did God do? He gave his only begotten son. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you are his children. So man, look, if you had an amazing father here on earth, a godly man, follow him. Be his, his example. If you had a godly mother, a, an amazing woman of God, you know what? Emulate her. Show, imitate her. But if you had a horrible father or horrible mother, then you know what? Imitate God, our heavenly father. And be like him. Love and, and care. Man, there's people that walk away from relationships and, oh my gosh, I feel sorry for the kids. Because that man might have been a horrible father, I mean, husband to you. That woman might have been a horrible wife to you. But you know what? The kids might love them. And sometimes the parents are, who are you going to follow, your dad or your mom? Do you love your mom or your dad more? Now, don't put that stress on the poor kid. He's like, I love my dad, I love my mom. If the father was horribly abusive or the mother was horribly abusive, then you know what? You might understand why. I don't want to go with him. I don't want to go with her. But you know what? Allow healing to take place. Allow God's power to heal you, and then you extend grace and go, you know what? I can, I can even mention his name now. Before you hated the name. Someone said, Richard, Richard. Why'd you have to say Richard? Well, that's the pastor's name. Just call him pastor. Don't say Richard. I hate my ex-name, Lord Richard. Oh, my gosh. Chill out. But we don't know how to do that sometimes. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 12 through 14, it says, When you enter a home, give it your blessing. If it turns out to be a worthy home, let your blessing stand. But he says, if it is not a worthy home, take back your blessing. He says, if a household or town refuses to welcome you to listen to your message, he goes, shake its dust from your feet as you leave. So what he's saying there is this. He was talking to the disciples and he sent them out two by two, and he goes, I don't even want you to take a suitcase. I don't want you to pack nothing. Knock on a door and just start ministering to them. Be a blessing there. Leave them a blessing. Give them a blessing. But you know what? If they receive you, then leave that blessing there and let them be blessed because of your company. Let them be blessed because of your prayer. Let them be blessed because of your words. But if they don't want you and they don't need you and they push you away, you know what? Take back your blessing. And that doesn't mean you curse them. And that doesn't mean I take my blessing back. It just means you get your belongings and you leave. 
I'm not going to be a blessing here because obviously you don't want me here. I can handle that. But he says, when you leave, shake the dust off your feet. It's like, you know what? I'm done with them. He goes, shake their dust, their dust. So in other words, I don't want to leave with what I picked up from them. I picked up bitterness and anger and rage and slander and evil behavior. I'm leaving that behind because I'm moving forward into higher ground. We've got to move forward into higher ground. So I really hope that today you've really decided, what am I going to do? Because so you haven't even made a relationship with Jesus Christ. You haven't made peace with him. The Bible says if, you're not, if you have not accepted Christ as your savior, that means you're at war with God. You might, I'm not at war with him. Well, you're also not in a relationship with him. It's like if you're not at war with someone in this room, well, I don't even know them. That's just it. You, you're, 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 you don't know them, so you don't even have a relationship. So if you would, you're, you're not with each other. And so if you don't know Jesus, I really pray that today you would accept him and say, you know what, Pastor, I've never prayed to receive him, and I want to do that. Is there anyone here today? Just raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I really want to receive Christ. Well, then I just pray that all of us that have him then would live it outright. Would you stand to your feet as we close in prayer? And I just want to let you know that, you know what? Maybe you need prayer. Maybe you have a relationship that you're like, man, I don't, I don't want to end this friendship, but I might have to. I don't want to end this marriage. Look, if you're going through marital problems, I don't mean this in a funny way, but don't go to someone that's been divorced five times. Because they, and it might have not even been their fault, but they're picking the wrong person every time. Go to someone that has some some meat in the in, in the in the fire, man. There's some people in this room that have been married over 50 years. 50 years, that's phenomenal. I talk to people like that. How'd you do it? How'd you do it? People talk to Cindy and I, because we next, no, in two, two more months, whenever, I don't know, whenever October is. <laughs> Three more months. We're gonna celebrate 45 years of marriage. Now, there were two years that I never, ever want to relive. They were not happy years at all. But God healed and God restored. You know, when I hear Alejandro and Carmen's story, he grew up in Cuba as a communist, as an atheist. And she grew up in Nicaragua as a Sandinista communist. And she got a scholarship to go to college, and he got a scholarship to go to college in Russia. Can you imagine two Latinos meeting in Russia? Brivet. <laughs> That's the only word I know in Russian, Brivet. But they meet, fall in love, and now they end up in the United States after a long journey. They're falling apart. They're about to get divorced. They don't know Jesus. And their children had been invited to the church. That's why we do Vacation Bible School. First, let your kids come to know Jesus. But you might get to know Jesus through your children. And they go, Mom, Dad, please, Mama. Daddy, please. And they're like, okay, we'll go to church. 
And they came to church and they went home with Jesus. <laughs> they went back home transformed and changed. Who of you might need that transformation in your marriage or in a friendship that you have that's really rocky and you don't want to lose that friendship? If you have a need, come to the altar and we're going to pray with you. We won't prolong this. But whatever you might be challenged with right now, make your way up if you want prayer. It might not even be a relational thing. It might be a health issue. But let's just pray. And let's just seek God. Sing it out. Would you sing it out? This is a powerful song. Pray it as a, sing it as a prayer. And if you want prayers, make your way up. and pray with people. Cry out to God right now. Ask Him to help you and guide you. Ask Him to minister to you.